Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. So, good morning, everybody. We are going to try something different today. So, Mark, can I have the screen up, please? And I would each one of you like to take your phones out and go to www.mensi.com, enter in the six digits, and you will come up with the three things. So I want you to write down three things that you associate with somebody who is prosperous. So it's menti.com, M-E-N-T-I dot com. And they should come up with a box asking for number, and the number is 118919. If you get reception, that is. We'll find out who's on church Wi-Fi now. Yeah, so once it comes up, just type in three things that you think or you associate with somebody who is prosperous. And once you typed in your three things, just press enter. And it should make a beautiful word cloud for us. There we are. Does have a filter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it even does the filter on Swedish, Norwegian, German, French, and Italian. So you can try to swear in a language there's not one of those. <laughs> Finish, you can do. Please wait, to show you the next question. Oh, I know. So I have a next question. So, so far we have prosperous person is joyful, healthy, blessed, happy, saved, abundant, enjoys life, satisfied, rich, healed, independent, loaded, growing, satisfied, Holy Spirit, very, very blessed. Okay, so Mark, can I have the next question up, please? So, God is, and type in three things you think when you think of God. What are the characteristics of God? Oh, things you learn when you work at university. <laughs> How to get the students' attention at the start of the lecture. Yes. 
So we have God is faithful, fearless, generous, my father, creative, abundant, fearless, joy, holy, loving, good, freedom, gracious, righteous, powerful, generous, awesome, fun. Faithful, love and loving are the ones that are coming through us big. So, there we are. That could be my sermon over. (laughs) Because to be prosperous is to live in the fullness of God. And we have there who God is. And to be prosperous is to live in fullness of that. Is to be generous, to be fearless, to be awesome, to be gracious, abundant, freedom, creative, loving, altogether amazing so (laughs) you can take a picture of the thing and put that on Facebook if you like oh (laughs) modern technology so we are talking about encountering God's prosperity today And I'll just read out a verse. And if you just, just close your eyes and just let this sink in. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Whatever he does prospers. And that's the promise for each one of us. Whatever you do prospers. if your heart is after the things of God, if you're pursuing his righteousness, his joy, his holiness, everything you do will prosper. That's the promise. And I kind of, at the start, I just want to get this out there. Prosperity is not about money. It's not about your bank balance. It's not about about your circumstances. None of those things dictate your prosperity. What's in your heart does. And 
part of that comes from that, as a Western society, the word prosperity it is very, well, very much defined by financial success. In our culture, when we talk about somebody being prosperous, we associate that automatically with wealth and yeah. money. That's right. But actually, when you look at the Hebrew or origins for the word prosper, it's a, prepare yourself for my amazing Hebrew pronunciation. Oh. <laughs> it is cholak, or something to that effect. But it means to push forward, break out, come, on. come, go over. It talks about taking hold of something, wow. gaining ground, come on. Oh, yeah. expanding your tent. To push forward. So when we are prosperous, in a way, God wants us to be pros pros prosperous. We are pushing forward into the things he has for us. We are pushing forward into his kingdom, into his promises. And I'd, uh, I'm trying to be very good with my hobby horses, but I'd like to get one thing out there. <laughs> Being rich is not bad. There's nothing wrong with being rich. It's wrong to love money, but to be rich is not wrong. And in Bible, throughout the Bible, it, it kind of you see people who financially prosper. So it, it can't be wrong. You have Solomon who sought God's wisdom, and through that he was blessed financially, so the people came and saw his wealth. So to have wealth is not a bad thing. But if you're pursuing the wealth, that's the thing God doesn't like. So striving for money is problem, not money itself. There we are. I'll take my hobby horse back in and park it for another day. But what it all goes back to is where your heart is. Is your heart in pursuing things of God? Or is your heart in pursuing external circumstances? And you have Job is a perfect example. If you think in the beginning of the book of Job, he had it all. He had cows, camels, lovely daughters, handsome, strong sons. He had the lot. And then God took it all away. And throughout what Job went through, the one thing he did not do was speak wrongly of God. Whatever he was going through, he always spoke rightly of God. And God honoured that and restored his prosperity to him. And in a way, prosperity is a very simple thing. We've got all the instructions in the book, so you just need to read the book. Um, there isn't a magic formula. It's just being faithful in the little things. With Job, you can imagine getting up in the morning, you've lost everything and still getting up and saying, God is good. God is good regardless of what's going on around me. He's good. And it, in a way, it is very simple. If we pursue God, he will bless us. Only our mindset of blessing is very much linked to the Western wealth, amazing things, whereas God's mindset of prosperity is it's us 
breaking through, breaking forth, gaining ground in the promises he has for us in our lives. So who are we listening to? Are we listening to people around us at work who are saying, you need to have a bigger car, you need to have a better house, you need to have this, that and the other to be happy? Or are we listening to God who's saying, I love you, I love you no matter what? Who's saying, my joy is your strength. Are we meditating? It's a bit fancy word. Meditating day and night. That's what the guy in Psalms was doing, and he was prosperous. But where do we focus our time and attention? Because we have a choice to focus our attention on him or focus our attention on what's going around us. And in Matthew 6, we are challenged to collect treasures in heaven, not, not on earth. Mm. And we are told not to worry. Whereas the society around us is all telling us, you need to have this, this, and this. And then everything is okay. And there, there is a side that kind of, we are called to be diligent. If you would read through Proverbs, Proverb after proverb, it talks about being faithful, working hard. One of them, one of my favorite ones is kind of, pretty much sleepyhead gets a bad deal. So it's kind of, don't slumber. If you think of the parable of the talents, those who invested their talents were given more, whereas the one guy who hid it had it taken away. So when God is saying, saying to us, don't worry, he's not saying sit on your backside and everything will fall onto your lap. <laughs> he's saying, I've given you these things, make most of them. So whatever your talent, whatever your gift, whatever, wherever you're working, that's God's given you. And it's for you to sow into that thing and God will bless, bless that. And I think sometimes we have a very kind of false mindset that it kind of do not worry means literally sit on your backside and God will do everything for you. And that's, that's not right. We are called to be diligent and look after what God's given us. If you think of Paul in Bible, he was a tent maker. And time and time again, he says, kind of, I could ask money from you because I do go around and preach and do this, that, and the other. But I don't. Because I want to show you an example of what you should be doing. That if God has given you the ability to work and look after yourself, you should do that because then it enables you to be generous and bless others. Because we are called to be the head, not the tail. And if you haven't got something to start with, you can't give anything away. You can't give away nice thoughts saying, it's much nicer to give away money. If somebody, somebody's car breaks down, you can say, oh, oh, that's lovely. How much better it would be to say, here's 50 pounds. It might not cover all of the cost, but it will cover some of the cost. Sorry, that was kind of veering towards my hobby horse again. <laughs> Very slightly. I'm not at all opinionated. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> but there is a side that we are called to 
Seek after what pleases God's heart. And one of the things that pleases God's heart is to be generous and to bless others. Right. And if you haven't got anything to be generous with, how can you be generous? And I think sometimes we need to challenge our mindsets. Because I think, especially depending on the background you've been brought up in, you, can, you, have been, you could have been brought up in a mindset where there's never enough. It doesn't matter what the bank balance balance would have been, but the mindset is there's never enough. I can't share, I can't give away because it will take away from something I have and means I'm in lack. How often have you heard somebody say, I'll start giving when? And then when that happens, then something else changes and something else changes. Whereas actually what God is after is principle. Yeah. That he has blessed you and he wants you to bless others. And it doesn't matter how much or how little you give, it's the act of giving that he loves. If you think the widow, Jesus brought the disciples' attention because he had all the Pharisees in their fine clothes and going up and putting lots of money in the box, making lots of noise. Whereas Jesus pointed out the widow, who out of the very little she had, she put one coin very quietly in the back corner that nobody saw. And that was more blessed because it meant more to her than the big show. It's about heart you have when you give. You're not doing for attention, you're doing for God. And as a society, there's so much focus on the external that we often forget that God is actually interested in our hearts. He doesn't care about what we look like on the outside. He wants us to be healthy and kind of physically look after our bodies. But in the end of the day, if my hair is in a ponytail or not, he doesn't care. Um, I do, but he doesn't. But there is, a, it, there is a side that as a society, it's so much easier to focus on the external about somebody. And I, I, I've been really been challenged by the compliments I give. Because it's so easy to give compliments about a nice top or nice singing. It's very easy to focus on the external things. Whereas God really wants us to pull out the gold in our hearts and encourage the internal. And with the worship guys, it's very easy to say the worship was lovely. But actually to say that we honour the time and the years you've spent practising and seeking the heart of God in the private so that you can stand up there yeah. and lead us in the heart of God. Yeah. That's much more valuable, isn't it, than just saying, lovely worship, which is true. But the real thing that we value is the time that you spend in private, worshiping God. Yeah. And that's, that's the, I just want, the, it's a challenge for me because it is very easy to just focus on the external and compliment the external. And don't, please don't stop doing that because people do need to hear that. <laughs> I like my dresses, so it's nice to hear that I have a nice dress. <laughs> but there is a side that we need to be a family who looks into each other's hearts and speaks out words that bless the heart. Yeah. Because that's, that's the thing that God's interested in. 
And when somebody notices something that you've kind of, if there's something you've been going after and somebody notices that, it's just lovely. And I think it's because it makes you feel like they know you. They know your heart. And I know I made a comment with my students before, but they'd noticed my calming, calming influence. And on the day of graduation, a couple of the girls came up and said, thank you for being the calming influence in the exams. And for me, it was just so lovely that they noticed it. Because for me, it's just my job. I get paid to sit there and tick boxes. But by being there, I had made a difference in their experience of doing the exam. Yeah. And they'd noticed it. Yeah. They'd recognised it. Yeah. Wow. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and in Galatians, God talks about sowing and reaping. And he can't bless something that you haven't sown into. So if he haven't sown into each other's hearts, he can't bless that. And he wants, he's called us to be a family, to love each other and to support each other. And if you're not investing into each other's hearts, he can't, he can't bless that. my naughty corner here. <laughs> no, I've got my free corner here. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> but for me, prosperity is not about the external. It's about the internal. It's about your heart. And it's enjoying the fullness of God. It's enjoying all the things that we got written on the board. And he wants you to prosper in all areas of your lives. Not just your Sunday morning church phase. It's all areas of your life. So it's in your work, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your being a child, in your finance, in your physical health, in your mental health, in your creativity. He wants you to flourish and prosper in all areas of your lives. And it's body, soul, and spirit. We've been created as a whole being, body, soul, and spirit. And God wants you to prosper in your body, in your soul, and in your spirit. He's interested in the totality of you. And when you're living out the fullness of God in your life, when you're living out the fullness of his promises, you will be like a honey trap. The people are attracted to you because they recognize that there is something about you. There's something about you that is very different. And the image I had was, you know when you go camping and it's dark and you turn on a torch or a lantern and suddenly all these moths appear because they're attracted to the light. Are you being called to be the light that people are attracted to? Don't worry, go for it. <laughs> You've been called to be the light 
the one who brings hope, the one who brings life, the one who brings healing, the one who brings peace, the one who goes against the current, the one who knows who their God is and knows that the promises he said in the Bible are true and amen. And again, in Matthew 6, we are, Jesus talks about we are called to seek his kingdom first, and then everything else will be added onto us. But we are to seek his kingdom first. And one of the major things about prosperity for me is, is of benefit to others. It's not for me is for those around me. If I am prosperous in who I am, it flows out of me and they benefit from the overflow from my life. And if you think of Abraham when he was in the desert in a dusty place where resources were very scarce, he saw strangers appearing in the distance and being the society, was he got Sarah to prepare a meal for the strangers. But even before they knew who the people were, they had a meal set out for them because they wanted to bless them. And out of that, they came, there were angels, and they had a promise from God that they were bringing and delivering. So that should be our heart, is we see somebody approaching, and we see there's a need. If they'd be walking through deserts for a long time, you'd be hungry and thirsty. So the thing you would prepare for them is some refreshments. And it's the same with, same with us, the people we encounter. Each one of us, we have needs. And God is calling us to just to be, just in a conversation with him. What can I prepare for this person? What do I have in my overflow that can bless them? He's calling us to be life-giving force in people's life. Not to be toxic. You don't want to be the person who is walking down the street and people cross over to the other side rather than talk to you because you speak negativity and complain time after time. And we all have bad days, so it's not, hear me out here, I'm not saying be real with where you are. I'm saying be aware of the words that you speak out continuously because they have the power to give life or they have the power to bring death. Yeah, right. And it's not one word on its own, it's not bad. But it, like with trucks, there's toxicity that builds up over time, there's a cumulative effect. So if you have a small dose, your body can cope with it. But as the dose builds up, the toxicity builds up and it starts to affect your body negatively. It's something from my lunchtime conversations at work has seen, sunk in. <laughs> I'm surrounded by scientists every single lunchtime and they talk about all sorts of things that I don't usually understand, but that one I got. Because it's just a simple, simple thing. It's kind of one negative word on its, on its own. It's kind of we can cope with it, but it's the cumulative effect right. of negativity yeah. that gets you down. And for me, the heart of prosperity is generosity. Mm. That we are called to be generous. Mm. And I love 
being a kind of geeky academic who loves studies on random topics, every now and then there's one that really gets my attention. And this, this one, I was getting all excited at the dinner table the other day. And we've got Aaron and Rachel living with us nearly for a year now, but they, everybody knows. When I, when I usually go, did you know? Or I heard something interesting. It usually means I will tell something and they, there's no stopping me. <laughs> but one of the things was there was a really neat little study somebody had done. And they'd got a group of people and they'd given them very small amounts of money. And half of them, they told you to keep the money. And the other half, they told, I'm giving you this money so you can give it away. And then they hooked up their brains into whatever. And what they found is that people who'd been told to give the money away, their brain was releasing octotoxin, which is the lovey-dovey hormone. Whereas the ones who'd been told to keep the money, which wasn't theirs to start with, the hormone that was being released was cortisol, which is what is released when, kind of, when you're in a stressful situation. Wow. Your, the fight and flight reaction is induced by cortisol. And this is a very simple, nice little study. But it showed giving is so much better for your brain than holding on to something. So I said last night, that was kind of the beginning bit that was just my thoughts. Now we're getting on the God's thoughts. But I like talking, so I still thought I'd better share my thoughts first and then, then get on the good stuff. <laughs> but what I felt God saying about prosperity was this. Do not let the natural limit you. Let heaven define you. Do not let the natural limit you. Let heaven define you. In heaven, there are no limits. He's calling us to step into his limitlessness. Heaven on earth. That was the Jesus prayer Jesus taught us to pray. On earth as it is in heaven. And the, I was reminded about manna. The Israelites were in their kind of 40 years of consequences um, for not doing what God told them to do. And God provided them daily with manna. And it was fresh every day. So there was no need for them to hoard. And it's the same for us. God wants to bless you and provide for you every day. Fresh words from his heart to your heart. So there's no need for you to hold on, hold on to those words because he's got new words for you tomorrow. But he's got words just for today, just for you. And out the words that he's speaking out to you, you can bless others. And with manna, there was always enough. But the Israelites still had to go and collect it. They didn't just sit on their backsides and manna appeared in their bowls. They had to pick up their bowls, go out of their tent and pick up the manna. And it's the same for us. God wants to bless us. He's got these amazing promises for each one of us. But we have to go out and say, yes, I believe that. That's for me. And likewise, don't hold on to what God's word for you was for yesterday because that was for yesterday. It's not for today. 
And I felt God was saying, look for what I have for you today. Because that prepares you for what he's going to give to you tomorrow. So what you have today, what God's giving you today, will help you to break through, gain ground in whatever he wants to give you tomorrow. And if you think back to the definition of prosperity in Hebrew, it is about gaining ground. But if you don't take hold of your crown today, you can't step forward and take hold of the crown tomorrow. And he's calling us to live out of the overflow. And the wonderful thing with living water is it purifies itself. It keeps fresh. Whereas if you hold on to things, you get stagnant. And after a while, very, very smelly. It's not very nice. But I felt God was saying that time for small-mindedness is over. That you can change the nations. It's time to believe. Do not let the natural limit you. Let heaven define you. And last night during the worship, I just had a real revelation of what prosperity is. It's Jesus hanging on the cross and saying to the man hanging on the cross next to him, tonight or today you will be walking with me in paradise. There he was in agony, thinking his heavenly father had rejected him. And even then, he chose to speak out life. He chose to speak our future and hope for the person who was dying next to him. But it, it doesn't matter your circumstances. You can be going through absolute hell, but you can still speak out God's promises. You can still speak out life and bless others. And next time when, you, when it's all too much, just think of Jesus on the cross, choosing to speak out life and love to the cross, on the person on the cross next to them. So, Alan did tell me that if his bank balance wasn't doubled by the end of the week, he's asking his money back, but I'm kind of hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping we'll settle for heaven instead. So, so I guess the one thing I want you to just ponder and remember is literally the phrase, do not let natural limit you, let heaven define you, because that's the Father's heart for you. He wants to define who you are. You've had people around you try to put labels on you ever since we were born, but there are some labels God put on you when he created you, and that's the definition of who you are. Amen. Amen.